Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 8 a.m. here on the 7th of April. Thank you for joining me this morning and the stigma behind homelessness. Thank you for joining me. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's had a a good week. It was a short uh, work week. Today, the 7th of April, Good Friday, statutory holiday for many people here in North America and around the world. As we go into the Easter weekend, So I was out here the other day doing a show. It was you know, a little while since I did a show. Anyways, it was great to, um, to be back um, and uh, do another episode of the Truckers Podcast and that. So always, you know, always in the news um, and, and probably for a good reason, too, is that um, the homelessness has become a crisis. Now, homelessness is a widespread issue affecting communities around the world. Individuals experience homeless face a variety of challenges, including a lack of safe and stable housing. You know, this has slowly crept upon us over the years. Not building enough affordable housing here in the city where we reside We'd start building, you know, housing um, affordable housing back in the eighties. And of course the, the cost of everything that's gone up, you know, recently too, I mean it, it's far worse for a lot of people. The limited access to health care and other resources that increase exposure to the safety risk. Now, I was watching the news the other day when we talk about safety risk. Um, Vancouver, British Columbia, on the west coast here in Canada, uh, the Lower East Side, the Hastings neighborhood, Tent City, as they would call it, you know, in comparison, you know, to... Um, Skid Row, you know, on Hollywood Boulevard, 
you know, in Los Angeles. You know, it has, be it has become a really serious safety risk. And to the, and to the point where um, they are now um, the fire department and, and police and, 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 you know, are clearing um, this tent encampment because of the safety risks that the homeless have um, become exposed to. While the homeless affects people of all ages, races, and backgrounds, it disproportionately impacts vulnerable populations such as children, youth, veterans, and those struggling with mental illnesses and addictions. One of the root causes of um, homelessness is poverty, which can stem from a variety of factors such as high housing costs of which we're seeing today, limited job opportunities and the social safety nets. And without the adequate financial resources, individuals and families struggle to afford basic necessities, including food, shelter, that's leading to homelessness. And of course, you know, the lack of jobs, good paying jobs, people like people, you know, become limited in what they can do. I guess that can just boil down to education as well. Could be that, you know, high school dropout, learning disabilities, and so forth. So the effects of the homelessness are far reaching and can have a lasting consequences on individuals and communities. Homelessness puts people at risk for physical and mental health problems, such as nutrition, exposure to the elements, and increased rates of substance abuse and mental illness. In addition, homelessness can create a cycle of poverty as individuals who experience homelessness may have difficulty accessing education employment, and other resources needed to escape poverty and build a stable future. And addressing homelessness requires multi-faceted approach that includes strategies such as expanding access to affordable housing, increased access to healthcare and mental health resources, provide job training and employment services, and expanding social safety nets, by addressing the most, the root causes of homelessness and providing individuals with the resources and support they need to build stable futures. We can work 
towards ending homelessness and creating a more stable communities for all. So just some of the causes that create homelessness. Others that, you know, people, you know, people who are, who are on a low income, not just disability or um, what we call here in Ontario, it used to be called welfare, which is now called um, Ontario Works. So being on a low wage, you would probably, you know, be one paycheck away from being homeless. And the missing questions about homelessness. And there are many misses and stereotypes that people believe about homelessness. This misinformation, disinformation is problematic. Then it further contributes to the, stig the stigma of a population that is already marginalized in order to appropriately tackle these issues of homelessness and create a society where individuals feel comfortable accessing supports and these myths must be um, deconstructed and understood to be false by the general public. First myth that people choose, the first myth is that people choose to be homeless. It's not like they just woke up one day and said, pack my bags, leave my home and never return. I'm going to live on the streets. So the fact a variety of different factors can contribute to an individual's experience of homelessness. Often people experience homelessness when all other options have been exhausted and or they are dealing with circumstances that make it difficult to maintain housing. Some of the obstacles that may lead to people to experience homelessness include eviction, the affordable housing crisis, coping with mental illness or addiction, what makes it difficult to maintain an independent housing. Myth number two is that people experiencing homeless are lazy. In order to survive, many people who experience homelessness are constantly in search for the, necessi the necessities of life, such as food, shelter, and a source of income. So therefore, due to the barriers that they face, many people experience homelessness and do not have the options of being stagnant 
stagnant or lazy. And for an example, searching for a job becomes even more challenging when an individual does not have access to a phone, computer, or fixed address on a regular basis. Clothing. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Hope you had a good week. Here we are, the weekend, the long weekend, Easter weekend, and that. So, um, yeah, just out here talking about uh, the the stigma uh, uh, behind homelessness, some of the causes um, of of homelessness, um, how chronic it it, it really is. Um, I mean, I don't have to go very far, you know, in my community to see someone or people um, who are homeless. Sixty percent of the homeless people here in the city that I uh, reside in, it's chronic homelessness. And the myths surrounding um, homelessness, you know, from the general population, um, how they perceive people um, who are or who are homeless. Um, you know, one of the myths is that you know people choose to be homeless, and many factors play into why people become homelessness. And, you know, with mental illness, with addiction, um, low income, you know, uh, whether minimum, it's minimum wage or they're on a disability or they're, they're, um, they're on welfare, which we, we don't call it welfare here in Ontario. We call it Ontario Works. The, the, the affordable crisis, the housing crisis, that crisis that we're facing today. Um, over the decades, you know, inadequate uh, of building um, more affordable housing, which we haven't done in decades. Other myths that, that uh, about people experience homeless um, that they're lazy. In order to survive, many people who experience homelessness are constantly in search for the, necess- the necessities of life, such as food, shelter, and a source of income, you know, due to the barriers that, barriers that they have. So many people experience homeless do not have the options of being stagnant or lazy. And an example for searching for a job becomes even more challenging when an individual does not have access to a phone, a computer, or a fixed address on a regular basis. Another myth that people may have about homeless people is that all people who experience homeless 
homelessness are addicts. Many people who experience homelessness do not struggle with substance abuse problems or addictions. Just like in the general population, only a percentage of those who are experiencing homelessness deal with addiction. And people experiencing homelessness may deal with other issues related to their experiences of homelessness, including trauma and mental illness. And those traumas could be um, physical harm, mental harm, sexual assault, and so on. Maybe dealing with a, 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 a mental illness such as schizophrenia, you know, bipolar. Another method that people experience a homeless, um, that they should just find a job. Just go and find a job. You know, there are already, there are already people experience homelessness who are employed. Living out of their cars. Maybe couch surfing. Living with friends or relatives. No, this would be the hidden homelessness that they don't even account for. People on low income, like low paying jobs, minimum wage. It's still minimum wage isn't even, even, it's not even close to the cost of living. A livable wage. Into in today's society, you know, if, if you're looking, you know, for a, a place to rent, you know, a one-bedroom apartment, that's around seventeen to eighteen hundred dollars a month. Other cities and more expensive cities like Vancouver and, and uh, Toronto. You know, for Toronto, for instance, a one-bedroom apartment is something around $2,200 a month for a one-bedroom. Now, if your minimum wage is $16.55 an hour, if you're making $17, $18 an hour, you're not going to be able to afford a $2,200 one-bedroom apartment. Never alone try to buy your groceries the way the way the, way, way the uh, prices of food has skyrocketed. So able just to go and and you know um, find a job. Lacking a permanent address not having regular access to showers, barriers to transportation, and other difficulties like mental illness make it difficult to obtain employment. And even when individuals experience homelessness,
find jobs, they are often part-time or a minimum wage. And this work fails to adequately meet their needs to the expense of housing costs. You know, when it, when it comes to, you know, for an example, you know, an abusive relationship and, and the woman, you know, has to get out and take their children. And the only place that they may just be able to go to is a shelter. Now they become homeless. Another mess, there are plenty of adequate services and supports to help those experience homelessness. But many of the solutions and supports for homelessness is, is focused on emergency services, such as shelters and food banks. Now, then you wonder why I'm thinking, okay, you know, I go all into the community and maybe I want to, I want to go, uh, to the park and I want to walk the, the, the footpaths, you know, along the riverbanks and, and stuff like that. And, and you see tent encampments in our downtown core, you see tent encampments. They don't want to stay in homeless shelters. They feel that it's unsafe to be stay, to stay in a homeless shelter. They get their things stolen. They get beat up. I volunteered in, in a homeless shelter a few years ago. Have you ever seen what it looks like inside a homeless shelter? Have you ever been in a homeless shelter? I'm not saying they're all bad people who are who are in them are all bad. There are some really good people and, and there, you know, that are. But it, it's it's those out there that just, you know, um, causes those harms to others. You know, talk about food banks. More and more people. Are going to food banks. I was reading an article uh, the other day, and uh, in the about the automotive industry and, and the workers, and particularly uh, the candy plant just outside of the city that I reside in, which is also uh, it, it's General Motors. Um, they retooled the whole plant to build electric vehicles, so you know people were on layoff and and so on and um now they're returning back to work and you know i guess they notice you know workers you know amongst themselves noticing um you know their co-workers you know um not eating lunch and you know it went on for you know a few days and then 
you know, it's like, okay, what, what's going on here? Why are you not eating? Why are you not eating lunch? Why well, don't have any money? Well, yeah, they did get an uh, employment insurance while they were on their layoff. You know, um, what happened to you? What happened to you? What happened to your money? You, you work in the automotive industry. What did you do with it? You know, things like that. I mean, they make good money in the auto industry. So they're going to the food bank. And then people are pitching in, co-workers are pitching in to help other individuals in that workplace. So it's not just people who are on low income or people who are on a disability or people who are collecting welfare or whatever the case may be, they're not just the ones going to food banks. And for individuals who are, are, are trying to escape a cycle of poverty and homelessness, emergency services alone are not adequate. And there's a need to focus on a larger Systemic factors, including the lack of affordable housing and the criminalizations of the homelessness that prevent people from obtaining permanent and suitable shelter. Well, we're working on things. Different areas of, of the city where I reside in, um, in, in, the, in the past five years, you know, have built uh, new buildings uh, for, for geared to income. There's a, a, a project going on um, in, in the, uh, we call it the Soho uh, neighborhood uh, where once stood a hospital, which is now going to be uh, affordable housing. So things are, tr are, are starting to transpire you know, because they say it's, it's things that things can never it's, it's it's never too late. But we didn't in, in society, we didn't keep up with with things. We didn't keep up with affordable housing. Our cities, our governments, you know, in my opinion, you know, allowed the homeless situations to become a crisis. And now, you know, it's, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, to to jump up now and say, oh shit, we have a crisis on our hands. You know, because before it's like, okay, well, you know what? We have homeless shelters. They, they can take care of that. We have food banks. They can take care of that. 
you know, we'll just wash our hands and it's all taken care of. When in fact it never was. Another myth that, 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 is, that is out there that property values will go down if we let homeless shelters into our neighborhoods. In fact, the downtown Toronto, Canada is a concentrated area with supports and services for people experiencing homelessness. And despite the large numbers of people who get into the downtown core to access these services, housing prices remain high and there is no evidence to support this myth. And this common misperception and attitude is referred to not in my backyard. The common misperception and attitude is referred to that and to have detrimental effects for people who need access services in different neighborhoods. Well, it's just like the safe injection sites. to prevent overdose. And as soon as they, they, they set up a temporary safe injection site, people throw their arms up in the air. You know, not in my neighborhood, not in my backyard. Overall, the myths that exist about homelessness and the generalizations of a more complicated reality it is important for those who have never experienced homelessness before to understand that every homeless individual faces a different and complex set of circumstances. It is the responsibility of the general public to educate yourselves about the issues related to homelessness. And this will hopefully result in a sensitive and a compassionate conversation and solutions to homelessness. Now there's another area uh, just off the, or well, sort of in the downtown core um, in, in a, in a building where they brought um, all the services together in one place. So people who are experiencing or maybe becoming homeless can go there for resources. And people, you know, who, who are homeless, I mean, they can, they can get something to eat they, they can get a shower and then they, they can access the services all in one place, which I think is a great thing. There's projects happening all over the city and, you know, 
But when it comes to, you know, affordable housing and the lack of, you know, for, for instance, in, in housing, um, there's a seven year waiting list. And when, pe- when, when people with, with um, other uh, disabilities, you know, such as physical disabilities, and they need a unit equipped for their disabilities. That's about a 12 year waiting period. It's something that, you know, to me that we, we really never um, address that for housing. And then we, then we look at people, you know, for, okay, for instance, you know, with the, um, the war in, in Ukraine, you know, people coming to Canada, people, you know, going to other places in Europe, people going, coming, going to the United States because they're, they're, they're fleeing the war torn country. How do we house them here? taking in a lot of refugees and we're struggling to house our own. You know, Preventing homelessness. You know, most people inequivocally understand that it is better to prevent a bad thing from from happening. Will we get sick? Car accident? Maybe a fire? developing a mental illness than to deal with the consequences. And when we know that there are things we can do so that people avoid experience homelessness, we, you know, you know, how can we wait ending homelessness means working together to ensure that people are quickly, safely and adequately housed and supported. The emergency services in the forms of soup kitchens and shelters have all been the dominant response to the homelessness. And while these services are important to helping people, it does not have the effect or reducing and ending homelessness. In fact, these responses can trap people in homelessness and make it very difficult to become safety and and securely housed. They're there for their supports. They're there for they they have a place to lay their head at night. To get a bite to eat. 
You know, they say in the last in, in the last decade that Canadian policies and practices have begun to shift from managing homeless to finding solutions. I would say that just started to happen in the last five years. Not in a decade. You know, because one of the, so five years ago, they were talking about, you know, we need to end homelessness and we need a 10 year plan. Why didn't they start this 10 years ago? Why didn't they come up and say, oh, we need to start a plan? So, in fact, it doesn't have the reducing uh, the, the reducing effect of ending homelessness. In fact, these responses can help trap people, like they say, in the last decade. No, I don't think it's the last de- decade. It's in the last five years that, you know, uh, oh, we need to start looking at this problem. We can sit around tables all day and discuss solutions, but we need action. People have different needs. People have different problems and far complex problems. Housing first initiative. Let's get them housed and then start working on what their problems are and addiction, mental health. Education. Jobs. and so on. Preventative preventative prevention with other supports, such as for, for an example, people who are on, uh, you know, on disability, that, okay, we're going to take your rent right off the top of your disability and pay your rent for you and you get the remaining money. Same thing goes for people as like, we we don't call it welfare here in Ontario. We, We call it Ontario works. We'll take your Ontario works check and we pay your rent off the top of that check. And then you would give you the remaining money. Minimum wage does not meet the requirements of being able to keep stable housing, um, affordability, of course, in, in, in such in, in, in food. Clothing. Etc. 
minimum wage doesn't meet those requirements. And they, and, and, and they looked at, you know, a livable wage, you know, across the country, you know, uh, from, you know, different cities, because, you know, we don't all have the same affordability. Vancouver, Toronto, you know, Montreal, you know, three most expensive cities to live in. If minimum wages, you know, for an example, $15 an hour in Vancouver, well, then you might as well just pitch a tent because you're not going to be able to afford the rent. And that goes the same thing for Toronto. Minimum wage here in Ontario is $16.55 an hour. That's not a livable wage. I think a minimum wage, just for an example, with the city of Toronto, a, a livable wage um, would be $25 an hour or more to be sustainable. And that might not even get you a home because homes, you know, um, you won't, you won't find a home in Toronto under a million dollars. Here in the city that I re reside in a couple of hours, um, west of, of, of Toronto, you know, the average housing cost is about $650,000. an hour is not going to get you a house. And you're going to struggle with paying rent at $1,800 a month. So who is homeless? Many of us have an idea of who experience homelessness and, and why they experiences, experience this. These ideas come from a variety of places, including our own experiences, those of family or friends, or through the things we read or see on TV, the internet, or in the newspaper. The newspapers, newspapers, do they even exist anymore? I've never, I haven't bought a newspaper in, in a very long time. Anyway, so the different sources of information shape our ideas about how we think a typical homeless person is. This reality is that there is no such thing as a typical person experiencing homelessness and the population is incredible diverse. No one is absolutely safe from experiencing homelessness. Homelessness is not just a big city problem as it causes, as the causes of homelessness can affect people living anywhere, anywhere in Canada, both in the urban and the rural areas. And every community in Canada has people experiencing homelessness. Even if you don't see them on the street, 
which is hard. I mean, you can't miss it. Honestly, you can't. And, you know, it's not just a big city problem. So, even if you don't see the people, most people experience homeless don't actually live on the streets, but find themselves living temporarily with friends or family or staying in, in emergency shelters. And the personal circumstances that may lead to homelessness are many and can, uh, can afflict people from virtually every community. People become unhoused when individuals and family problems become unsurmountable. And that's, you know, for, for individual problems, family problems. Such as being in, a, in an abusive uh, relationship. Family breakup, family violence, onset of mental and or other debilitating illnesses, illnesses, substance use by oneself or family members, or a history of sexual or emotional abuse, and involvement in the in, in the uh, child welfare system. And we got to remember that it's not just individual factors that explain homelessness. If we have adequate housing, income, and supports, people who experience the crisis can avoid homelessness, or at least will experience homelessness for only a short time. Another problem, what we're seeing right now, too, is these scumbag landlords, you know, with these rental evictions. And that, and so that individual who is there renting that place, they have first rights to when that rental is finished. And they're not getting that work first rate. And the reason why they're, and the only reason why they're doing these rental evictions or calling it a rental eviction is that they can get more money for that unit. Because if you're, if, if you lived in a place for say eight to 10 years and you're paying like $800 a month, no, that landlord wants 16 to $1,800 a month. So he's going to call it a rental eviction. And he's not going to allow you back into that unit. There are penalties for that. And lately, these landlords are prepared to pay that penalty just so that they can get $1,800 a month or more for that unit. Time and time again, when I flip on the news, when I come home from work, you know, it's like that. Or I come upstairs and I go on my laptop and, and stuff like that. And here comes up another story of some dickhead landlord screwing over a tenant. I just read an article the other day. The landlord says he has to do some work in the unit. Unit, Go down to the, the nearest Tim Hortons and, and, and sit there and have a coffee, you know, for an hour or so. 
landlord comes along and changes the locks on the unit. After some investigation, you know, with the, you know, the news doing investigations, there is no eviction order. This scumbag just wanted them out so he can get more money for rent. Put them out on the street. And people who are doing these rental evictions and evict these people who are maybe only say they're, you know, like I said, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars a month. And that same unit anywhere else in the city is going to be well over a thousand dollars, which they cannot afford. We're trying to solve this problem. We're not trying to create more problems. And some of these scumbag landlords are creating the problems. It's unbelievable. It really is. Now, so remember that it's not just individual factors that explain homelessness. If we have adequate housing, income supports, like I said, people who experience a crisis can avoid homelessness or at least um, will experience homelessness for only a short time. And some people, we sh it shouldn't even be a short time. See, housing prices need to come down as well. You know, if, if I went back 20 years ago, you know, even 25 years ago, you know, there was adequate housing because, you know, people who were renting, you know, were buying houses and, you know, people move. So people, people are always moving. People are always renting. People are always buying. That's not happening. You're not going to find a house, you know, for a hundred thousand dollars. Ever again. So when they, so when they talk about building affordable housing, you know, because we have a serious shortage of housing in this country, what do they mean by affordable? You know, because you shouldn't be you shouldn't be spending more than thirty percent on housing. Today, it, it's it's just ridiculous that you know people you know that thirty percent is now something like like spending fifty five percent of your income just to have a roof over your head and, 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 and leaving and leaving yourself, 
short for, for life necessities. And you may even be in, 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 uh, uh, in a home where, you know, like you're renting and, and you got to pay the heat and hydro too on top of that. You know, like a lot of apartment buildings out there, it's, you know, it's all inclusive. You know, but if, if you're renting uh, a single dwelling or, or you're renting a townhome, you're paying the cost to to heat you're paying for the water on top of, of the rent some groups of people who are more likely to experience homelessness those who experience homelessness in Canada you know are quite diverse in terms of age gender racial background according to the state homeless in Canada Adults between the ages of 25 to 49 make up 52% of those experience homelessness in Canada. And furthermore, seniors 65 years or older make up a small percentage of the population experience homeless in Canada is less than, than 4%. However, seniors and older adults 50 to 64 are also only um, the only groups whose um, shelter uses has increased over the past decade. Homelessness can affect any number of people. We do know that some groups of people are more likely to experience homeless than others. Single adult males. Men between the age of 25 to 55 account for almost half of those experience homelessness in Canada. 47. 5% according to the state of the homeless in Canada. And the characteristics of this group include greater incidence of mental illness, addiction, and disability, including invisible disabilities such as brain injury. And at the same time, it's also important to note that with other subpopulations, certain Canadian groups are, are face unique risks and or face special circumstances, including youth, the indigenous peoples, women, families, people of Pacific experience homelessness would differ uh, for each group and the strategies to address these homelessness must be tailored to their needs. And when it comes to, to our youth, people um, age 13 to 24 make up 20% of those experience homelessness. According to and without a home, the National Youth Homelessness Survey so, however, the causes and consequences of homelessness for young people are distinct from those that affect adults. And unlike the majority of adults, youth experiencing homelessness come from homes where they were in the care of other adults. And they typically come from homes characterized by family conflict of some kind, including in other cases, physical, sexual, and emotional abuse and disruptions to school and family life, neglect and poverty. Many are in the throes of the adolescence development and lack life experience and the skills and, and, and the supports to live independently, including the, the ability to secure employment and housing.
and all these other factors increase the challenges in supporting this group since the needs of a 16 year old are very different from those of someone older. And the youth who identify as the LGBTQ make up 29.5% of young people experiencing homelessness. And this is important to note because the, pers the persistence of homophobia clearly plays a role in youth homelessness. With sexual minorities being overrepresented in street youth population and a result of the tension between the youth and his or her family, friends, the community, homophobia by the homeless sector can further oppress that population. Women make up 27.3% of those experiences of homelessness. Women are at the increased risk of hidden homelessness, living in overcrowded conditions or having uh, a sufficient money for shelter. And a number of factors make women more likely to experience homeless compared to men, including precarious employment that increases the likelihood of income changes or employment having to take on additional caregiver roles, such as looking after children and the other dependents. Women in Ontario also experience a wage gap of 30% compared to men, making them much more likely to experience poverty. In addition, women are also at a higher risk of experience intimate partner violence. Family violence is a major cause of homelessness for women. And while some women make use of violence against women's shelters, others wind up using homeless shelters. In a point in time, count of women staying and found that abuse was the most commonly cited reason for admission at 71%. And the majority, 60%, had not reported this to the police. And when women become unhoused, they are increased risk of violence and assault, sexual exploitation and abuse. And which may explain why um, the lower uh, numbers of women in the shelter system and many women will go to lengths to avoid the shelter system, including staying in that dangerous, unhealthy relationship and or making arrangements to move in with a partner even when that situation is unsafe, rather than submit to the incredible risk of violence and exploitation on the streets. Families experience a homeless are diverse in structure with some, including two parents, and many headed by a single single parent, usually the female. Family homelessness is largely underpinned by structural factors, including inadequate income, lack of affordable housing and family violence. Following the withdrawal of government housing programs and increased supports, more families are turning to emergency shelters compared to individuals assessing the shelter system. Families on average stay twice as long. 
So trying to understand these factors that lead to homelessness and the fact there are, there are many pathways to homeless. And take account of, of the distinct challenges in the Pacific subpopulations, what they face. We need more community organizations and service providers. We also recognize that we need to develop these programs. So the services, the supports that take an account of specific challenges of this subpopulation faces. People become homeless for many different reasons. It then follows that to, to the services and supports that prevent homelessness as well as help people move forward with their lives. We must also take account of all these such differences. We can help. I mean, if we can, I mean, we can um, donate. You know, such as, you know, for, for you know, the, the, the homeless shelters, you know, by clothing. hygiene products, you know, and, and products for women. And even if you can to, to, to the, to the, the, the food banks, if, if you can, you can do that. You know, recently, no, it doesn't matter where you go to. I mean, you, you've seen this yourself. You're driving down the street, you come up to a red light, someone's standing in the median holding up a sign, homeless, please help. All the time, every day. Trying to think what day it was. Um, might have been last, well, you know what? It might have been last Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. I went out to get a coffee. And the drive-thru was all backed up. So I parked. And as I'm walking up to the coffee shop, And someone on, on the walkway was just lying there sleeping. We're not really sleeping, but they were, they were just lying there. That's two blocks from where I live. You don't have to go far. They're not in just in one area. And like I say, you know, for the ones that we see in the hidden, which you will not see.
more and more tent encampments are popping up. Yeah, we're starting to gradually do things. We're starting to gradually help people. A little too late, maybe. Maybe too late for some. But these, these groups, the homeless hub, you know, they're working. They're out there. These, these people are out there working on helping solving this crisis. Maybe someday we won't have homeless shelters. Maybe someday we won't have food banks. Maybe someday everybody will be housed. I thought it was a basic human right. It is a human right. Nobody, woman, child, youth, adults should be subject to living on the streets or in shelters. Well, that's my show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, Good Friday, and rolling into the Easter weekend. So take care, be safe, behave yourselves out there, and thank you for joining me. Ladies and gentlemen, 